Good morning, City of Hope. Well, you, you're already standing. Someone's in great expectation this morning. I'm going to say that again. Someone is in great expectation this morning, what God is going to do in this room. If that's you, will you put your hands together in great expectation of our great God? And while you're clapping your hands, can you open up your mouth and just shout release praise in this room to our great God? Can you just release praise in this room to our great God, our great, mighty, holy, majestic, sovereign God, the God of the universe? Come on, the healer, the provider, the protector, the love of your soul, the giver of grace. Hallelujah. Come on, let's say, God, we honor you this morning. Let's pray. Lift those hands right there right where you are. Great God that you are, we say thank you this morning. Thank you for the activities of our limbs. Thank you for the breath that we have in our bodies. God, this morning our prayer is really simple. We just came to say thank you. So God, on that premise this morning, we give you space to be God. Do what only you can do and we thank you in advance by clapping our hands one more time and giving you a...
stopped his job. We're dancing in the streets. Spring up a well. Spring up a well. Spring up a well in me. Pastor, there's a song we used to sing.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You alone are worthy. He is so good. He is so good. And I am so excited for his goodness. I'm so grateful for his greatness. Hallelujah. Welcome to the City of Hope. My name is Elder Akia. This is our time of corporate prayer. So I want you to grab your neighbor's hand, reach across the aisles as we go before the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. 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 God, we thank you. We thank you this morning, God. We thank you for being great, God. We thank you, oh God, that you work all things together for our good, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that we are your children, oh God, that we are your sons and your daughters, oh God, and that we will bring you glory, oh God. You will get the glory from our lives, oh God. So we honor you this morning. We thank you for your presence in this place, oh God. We thank you, Father God, for being able to enter into your presence with joy, with the spirit of thanksgiving oh God because you alone are great and worthy God of all of our praise and adoration oh God so father we lift up those that are sick in their bodies God we lift up those that are recovering oh God father God we thank you oh God that even now that you would touch them oh God wherever they are oh God that you are the God that heals that you are the God who delivers that you are the God who sets free oh God so we thank you oh God for healing delivering and setting free this morning oh God we thank you oh God that we will leave out from this place, oh God, better than which we came, oh God. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have an ear to hear, oh God, what the Spirit is saying, oh God. Reveal to us, oh God, what it is that you want to do in this hour, oh God. And we give you all the glory, oh God. We give you all the honor. We thank you, oh God, for you are the God who completes the good work in us, God. So we give you all the praise. We thank you, oh God, for being a keeper. We thank you, oh God, for being a healer. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 One more time, CD King. God, a great praise. We know he is good in this room. Can you give him a great praise? If you know he is good. Amen. I'm on the Cullen, and I want you to do me a favor. Before you sit down, when you kindly look to the left or to the right of you, make sure you introduce yourself. Say hello. My name is. Come on, introduce yourself to someone you may not know.
as you go to get your turkey and your dressing and hopefully no one making stuffing in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all that good stuff as you go get your, your food make sure you grab a pair or two of socks and bring them back to the church we have a bin in our foyer that says socks of hope drop them off we are giving these away on December the 14th from 8 a.m. to 9.30. This is an outreach to our community. So come out, let's outreach in the morning and then let's have some fun as family at night, amen? Will you kindly welcome to the stage Pastor Bill Golf, please. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's offering time in the house. Amen, amen. While you're getting your offerings together, going to read this scripture proverbs what is this three and nine it says honor the lord with your wealth with first fruits of all your crops then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats your vats brims will overflow with new wine why did i read that verse one of our giving declarations here is that we're that we're uh, that we're living in overflow don't we say that often Amen. Do we say that often? We say every time we give, probably for the last two years, we've been saying that, we, that we're living in our overflow. We're living in our overflow. And we're getting ready to walk into, we're in November, getting ready to, we're in November. Thanksgiving is on Thursday. Amen. Amen. Thanksgiving is on Thursday. And the day after, you will experience overflow. Because you're going to try to put those jeans on. And because you have overflow in your life. See, what happens is, is what you did the day before determine what happened the day after. And when we give to God, it determines our day after. So oftentimes when we ask you to give your tithe and we ask you to give your first fruit, we're not asking you because we need the money. No, we're not asking you because we need it. We're not asking because God needs it. We're asking you because you need it. I'm, I, I, what church is this? <laughs> We're asking you because you need it. Anybody ever just wake up in the morning and you check your bank account and sometimes they feel like there's more month than money? But somehow you make it to the next month? It's based on what you did the previous Sundays or previous days that you gave. God says, look, make me the center of the circle and I'll take care of this, the circumference. So when something happens at my house, I say, Lord, something's wrong with your house. When something happens with my car, I said, Lord, something's wrong with your car. When anything happens to me, I said, Lord, there's something wrong with your son. And because he loves me, he's not going to allow me to go through the thing and not bring me out of the thing. What does that mean? That means your bills have to be paid because you represent him. That means that your car has to drive because you represent him. That means you have to give because you represent him. Does that make sense? I talked a whole lot to give you enough time to write that check with all those zeros. Amen. So you're ready to give? Go ahead and stand on your feet. And you're saying, Pastor Bill, look, I don't have anything in my pocket but Lent, but my heart is as big as this room. We need you to stand with us also. Amen. Amen. He says, I give seed to the sower. So our expectation is next time you come in here, you'll have some seed to sow. Amen. Amen. Repeat after me. I'm a tither and a giver. I'm blessed beyond measure. I have more than enough. And I'm living in my overflow. Let's say it one more time. I'm a tither and a giver. I'm blessed beyond measure. I have more than enough. And I'm living in my overflow. 
God, we thank you for the opportunity to come and sow into your kingdom. God, what we give today isn't just going to keep lights on, Father. It isn't just going to help get the gospel in San Diego, but it is going to change the face of this nation, Father. So we thank you for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing. And we give you the praise for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
Lift those hands all over the building. Lift your hands, lift your hands. Father, we bless you. Father, we're so grateful and we thank you for your grace and for your presence this morning. Father, to the person to my left and to my right, do grace in his or her life. Let your word minister to their spirit. Speak to them where they are in language that they understand. Let them know that today they've not been touched by man, but they've been touched by God. A God that loves them, a God that hears them, a God that sees them, a God that has strove with them. And Father, we bless you for it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now God, lift up every, every trodden head, downtrodden head. Lord, encourage every heartbroken person and let your joy be our strength in this moment. And we give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Put your hands together. Give God the best praise you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Listen, before you take your seat, a couple of things I want to make sure you, uh, you celebrate before you take your seat. Yesterday, it was my privilege and my honor, along with the host of City of Hope International Church Partners, uh, to connect and to partner in the city of San Diego. We gave away over 1,060 turkeys, meals. You can do a whole lot better than that, City of Hope. Over 1,060 turkey meals went to our friends and our brothers here in the city of San Diego. We are so appreciative of Dr. Shirley Weber and her district for partnering with us. Skyline, uh, yes, you can give God a hand, praise. Skyline Library for partnering with us um, uh, and a host of other uh, uh, volunteer community groups that we cannot even bring to memory it was just so wonderful to see so organized so many families that were blessed by it and we are gracious 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 for your generous giving yes 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 even if you wasn't there and you gave you should celebrate yourself it was a fantastic time you should keep your eyes and your ears open we're going to show video of some of the stuff so if you're a social media head you can go to my page right now i'm already putting up my my personal videos but there will be some from the church where you can see your, your brothers and sisters serving and not just giving meals like I said in my pre-stump speech that we weren't just giving away meals we weren't just giving away potatoes and uh, turkeys and things along that nature if you've never had to stand in that line if you've never been in a family that has had to stand in that line if you've never been a person that works, wakes up every day and you work hard and you work diligently and still have to be in that line, that that line is not just for people that are lazy and don't want to work or anything. That line is for people that need help. And everybody that, that 
needs a hand up is not asking you to perpetually give them a hand. So what we gave yesterday wasn't just meals because after this weekend, that meal is going to fade away. I challenge people to give away dignity. I challenge people to give away that when you run across a person, you are, you are at your best and you're doing your best, giving the best of who you are. Because at the end of the day, you're still dealing with a human being that is a person, that is a child of God. And when the meal is gone, they should remember how you made them feel. Amen. That is the real work of Christ. The lady, after the encounter with Jesus, she kept on running. And for days, she kept saying, let me tell you about a man that told me everything I ever knew. Days after the encounter, she kept remembering how he made her feel. Now, you hearing what I'm saying? And that is the job of the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. So we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you can give God a great big hand praise for one another for doing that. The final thing, <clears throat> but the final thing before you get your Bibles is this year our Christmas celebration is not going to be downtown at a big, huge, grand hotel. We are going to transform this building, and we're going to have a good time right here in our own house, all right? Because of that, we were able to bring the costs down. The cost is, is $10 a person. That's, a, that's quite a, a, a dip from, from uh, $60 a person, $70 a person. So it's $10 a person unless you're under 12, and it is $5 a person. And, uh, and of course, your, your young, young, young babies, you can bring them for free. They don't, they don't count. But uh, if they're going to eat a whole meal, <laughs> praise the Lord. And they're under 12. They're five dollars, okay. So, uh, but uh, but this is going to be a time of fun, of 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 enjoyment. We're going to transform this sanctuary, transform our basement. We're going to have a lot of laughter and fun. We'll be giving away our annual awards, like our Volunteer of the Year award, and just stuff. There's just a lot of fun stuff like that. We'll be doing all of that at the dinner. But more than anything, I want you to come and just be ready to have a ton of fun, a ton of fun. Okay, you guys give every year you give all year long in varying times of the year you give more or less but but we are all in this together okay and i want you to celebrate celebrate christmas holiday but celebrate each other after this year we should be able to go because this was this was that kind of year it was one of those years where you looked up and was like hey we had a pretty good year this year the lord just had a, had his way with us this year right and when you do that, you should be able to celebrate and laugh with each other. So, hey, get your get your get your 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 change together, and come on out and be a part of that, and help us make this make be a really really amazing week a weekend of fun. Amen. While we're serving with our with our thousand socks, right? Okay. Now, I want you to grab your Bibles. You got your Bibles? If you get your Bibles, I'm gonna give you a second to find the Book of Joel. Find Joel. Joel. Now, look. Don't be proud. If you need to go to the table of contents. To find Joel, you do that, because I had to do it this morning. Amen. Your pastor had to do it this morning. I'm running through the book. I said, let me just, let me just, it's, it's a small book, so you'll keep going right past it if you're not, if you're not uh, uh, certain exactly where it is. So I just went to the table of contents and said, that's what it's for, uh, and we're going to go ahead and do it. We've been doing our series called What Is, what is That? And <clears throat> it's a... What it is, it's a challenge to the body of Christ and a challenge to the church uh, so that we can explain ourselves more clearly uh, to the world when they walk into a church setting or to a Christian setting 
that they uh, that they should easily be able to identify what is happening in the body of Christ and or in a church setting so what we start to do over the past four weeks is explain some of what is happening when you come into the into a worship setting uh, we explain celebration and praise. We explain uh, uh, the gifts, particularly being filled with the Holy Spirit and gifts of tongues. And today I want to share with you about prophecy. Somebody shout prophecy. Somebody shout prophecy. All right, we're going to talk a tad bit about what the Bible has to say about prophecy and prophetic utterances. If you can stand, would you stand with us for the reading of the word? There's two scriptures that Every person that teaches and understands about prophetic utterance should know and should uh, be prepared to, uh, to defend. And it's simply this. Uh, this is God speaking to the prophet, and the prophet is explaining to Israel something that God wants to do in the distant future. This is the Old Testament. He is speaking to the prophet Joel about something he wants to do in, a, in the future. Somebody shout, in the future. Say that loud. Shout, in the future. And he says this, he says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, shout all flesh, and your sons and your daughters, somebody shout your daughters too, shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servant and on my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days amen i want you to find three people and tell them prophesy 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 this is the first time ever you guys went to more than one person before i told you to this <laughs> is the first time. I'm just listening like, listen to everybody going, all right, all right. Took my little joke away from me. I see you. I got another one. I got another one. All right. I got another one. So, Father, we do bless you and we thank you, God. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that in these moments we can enjoy you with laughter and enjoy you with frivolity. But now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would arrest our hearts. I pray that you would minister to us so that we can grow in the grace of the word of God Father as you're growing our us by spiritual experience also grow us by your word and God today we thank you because the grass withers and the flower fades but the Bible says that your word will forever stand so Father send an anointing that makes preaching easy send an anointing that makes receiving the gospel easier and in this God will give your name the glory and honor in Jesus name amen amen I want you to tell somebody before you sit down tell them prophecy and the prophetic prophecy and the prophetic I, will, I do want to speak today a little bit about prophecy and the prophetic uh, if you walk into or when you come into the house of the Lord uh, it's, it's, it's really uh, particularly in charismatic Pentecostal and even now more uh, considered mainstream there is the conversation about prophesying and, prof and the prophetic ministries in the church and this is critical it's really important that we, we deal with this <clears throat> because um, because while it is a new conversation that is happening in the body of Christ it is not new to the body of Christ the idea of being prophetic the idea of prophesying and I'll show you the difference between the two the idea of prophetic and the idea of prophesying it is it is important that the body of Christ not start to feel squeamish when these types of things happen 
this is an interesting dynamic that it for it's a it's a personal uh, befuddlement for me that that those of us that are spiritual that believe that we are operating in a spiritual dynamic called the body of Christ that we are moving in something that is spiritual that God is spiritual that uh, uh, that he that our worship is both in spirit and in truth we seem to struggle with spiritual things for people that are so spiritual we struggle with spiritual things and I think it's because we expect what is spiritual to fit our physical constructs <clears throat> and that's <clears throat> excuse me and that's that's not that's not fair to God it's not fair to your faith experience it's not fair to what God is trying to do to you and through you in your faith experience to expect a spiritual God to always meet your physical expectations okay so God is spirit somebody shout spirit say that loud shout God is spirit God is spirit. The Bible teaches us this. This is where this is the dimension that he operates in. This is how he operates. He is spirit. Who God is, the the very nature of God is different than the nature of us who are physical. We are flesh and blood. We are seen. We are tangible. We are touchable. We are limited by the body and limited by the experiences of our earth. We are limited. We can only know so much, go so far, do so much because there are limitations that take place in our world because of the world, because we are in time and space. God has no time. God has no space. God has no limits. And when God makes a determination that he who has, no who has no limits, who has no time, who has no space, when he determines that he wants to make an introduction into time and space, his rules override our rules. Does that make sense? <clears throat> God's laws override human laws, and the only person that can override that dynamic is you <clears throat> all right all right I'm gonna, can I teach before I teach Here's the, the dynamic to God you must understand this or you will not understand your Bible is that God is in the unseen dimension who decided that he wanted to have representation of himself in the seen dimension God who is not physical wants representation in the dimension of the physical does that make sense it is critical. So he fashioned a physical thing to be a representation of him in the physical world. That physical thing was called Adam. So now Adam is the physical thing in the earth that is to be the representation of the God who is in heaven so that God who is in heaven can have dominion on like it is in Are y'all following me now? So now Adam is the representation. He is the ambassador. He is the, the, uh, 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 the, the, the representation of God. And when God gets ready to do something in the earth, he speaks to Adam and Adam performs it. God doesn't come down and he doesn't perform anymore. He doesn't come down and he doesn't dig the dirt. He doesn't come down and grow the seed. He got, God spoke it. He put the system in play. He told Adam, he says, Adam, you are now my representation. And just like a president who speaks to a, an ambassador or just like a, 
a, a, a head of state who speaks to an ambassador God speaks to his ambassador on earth and when God speaks to man man performs what God does now why is this important because man has no power or authority of his own an ambassador only has the power and the authority of the state by which he represents are y'all following me so now if you get lost in, uh, in, in, uh, in Colombia and you get in trouble in Colombia, you pick up the phone and you go to the U.S. Ambassador, uh, embassy and when you ask the embassy for help, the embassy has the authority to be able to use all of the power of the United States of America to protect your interests, watch this, while you're in another country. But you do have to pick up the phone and ask for the United States Embassy. You do understand that. How is that making sense in our world? Because in our world, what happens is that God has placed us in a world that is different than our own, but he has given us the authority of heaven. And whenever we find ourselves in a pickle while we're here on earth, all we have to do is, is pick up the prayer phone and call the head of state and it's not in the name of the United States, it's in the name of Do you hear how that works? And with that, you have access to all the authority and the power and the, and the resources that, is in, that are in the state by which you really represent. This is why Paul says that we, we are sojourners here on earth. Paul says we are just passing through on earth. In other words, we are just people that are here doing the command of our king who is God. And at some point, God always, every great state eventually calls their ambassadors back home. Eventually, God is going to call us back home. Is that making sense to you now? Now, why is that important? Because as ambassadors, somebody shout, I'm an ambassador. That's what the Bible says. As an ambassador, you have two functions, to hear and to speak to hear and to speak your function as ambassador is to hear and to speak watch this I want you to notice what your issue is not your job is not to make decisions for your job is to hear and to speak somebody shall hear and speak so Habakkuk says this about the prophet he tells us that the prophet needs to be in position by which he can hear the voice of the Lord and speak what he has heard because an ambassador, a prophet, is an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Are you following what I'm saying? If by some reason the word that the ambassador gets is not given to who's supposed to get it, it is neither God's fault nor the recipient's fault. It is the prophet's. Okay, are you following me now? Now, let me help you understand something that God has chosen not to do. Somebody shout, he chose not to do it. That this is critically important that you understand that there are things in this earth. God can do anything, but he chooses not to do some things. And one of the things that God chooses not to do is he chooses not to violate his order of heaven and earth. So if it's going to happen in the earth, a vessel from the earth is going to have to release it. Do you understand how powerful you are now? Because you are the only authorized vessel to release divine things in this earth. You are the only authorized vessel. God is not going to show up and heal somebody without somebody praying for healing. 
God is not going to show up and deliver people without somebody in the earth praying for deliverance. God is not going to show up and change communities unless somebody in the earth is willing to let him use you supernaturally to do it. This is the way it works. God wants, and I hate to say God needs, but you can, because that's anathema to say God needs anything, but I'm going to help you just by using that word, that God needs a body to do his will in the earth. And your body has been selected. Are you hearing me today? So now he tries to help you get this. He says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And the Spirit of God dwells in you? He says, don't you get it that your body has function? Your body has meaning? Your body is the only authorized uh, 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 instrument that can handle what is terrestrial and what is extraterrestrial? Nothing else in this earth can handle the supernatural. Nothing else in this earth can handle the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing else in this earth can handle miracles. Nothing else can contain. But God did something with the human body that allows it to understand what is physical and contain what is spiritual and when spiritual people do not understand that they are the dissemination center for God's grace in the earth then people that need God's grace don't get it when you don't understand that your voice is the voice God's going to use, that your hands is the voice, the hands that God wants to use, that your ideas are the ideas that God wants to use. When you don't understand that, you've got ideas in the spirit that never get into the earth to help anybody. And here you are spiritually constipated, knowing that there's something you should be doing, but you're too scared to release it. Somebody shout, God chose me. Tell, lay your hands on yourself say God chose me you, you have to understand that God chose you somebody shout he chose you he chose you when he wants to get a message to the earth he doesn't cry out from the sky anymore he's not going to crack the clouds and say city of hope it's time for a fast he doesn't do that he's going to speak through somebody Y'all are quiet in the balcony. Yeah, you know. So, so, so stay with me now because this makes it critical. This makes us understand that God is in heaven. We are on earth as his representative. We are, we are here to let the kingdom come and let, it, let God's will be done in our earth the way it is happening in heaven. And God trusts you with that job. He trusts us with that job. So now he gives, he gives uh, uh, some, some apostles and some prophets and he says he gives some teachers and some pastors and some evangelists. We call these the fivefold ministry. He says that when, when I release my gifts into the earth, I give these foundational gifts by which all the other gifts will branch out of so that my will can be done in the earth like it is in heaven. God is not just arbitrarily, accidentally trying to drop gifts in the earth and get people to talk on his behalf and hope that somebody will hear him so that he can get a word. God has a system that he's operating in. And he starts with the fivefold, what we call the fivefold ministry as foundational gifts in the earth. 
And, and from that, all the other gifts that you see in the Bible will branch off from the fivefold ministry gifts that we see in the book of Corinthians. And as, they, as he releases those, uh, Ephesians, as, we release those, as he releases those, every person has a spiritual gift that God expects you to express in the earth in one form or another. Now, the challenge with spiritual gifts that we oftentimes think that because it's a spiritual gift, it's only necessary in spiritual settings. And you, and you missed the point. Spiritual gifts are less necessary in spiritual settings than they are in your natural settings. The, uh, did you hear what I just said to you? Are you guys understanding me? Your spiritual gift of understanding or your spiritual gift of healing or your spiritual gift of prophetic or your spiritual gift of teaching or your spiritual gift of administration or your spiritual gift, you should study them in, in Corinthians 14. Your spiritual gifts, all of these unique, powerful spiritual gifts that God gave, they are less necessary in a church setting. They are more necessary in your real life setting. This is what Paul is trying to get us to understand in, in, uh, in, in Corinthians. He's trying to get us to understand. He figures he's got to bring some kind of order to a church setting, but he's trying to tell the church that you guys are using your gifts, your superpowers on each other, and you are not the ones that really need them on each other. So he tells them, this is how you do it in a church setting, and then go take your gifts home and heal your family and pray over your community and prophesy to your governor and lay hands on your sick mayor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Which means that, in your, that you, can, you can take spirituality with you, but to be effective in the earth, you're going to have to cut off your religion. See, y'all missed it. You missed it. You missed it. You thought I said take off your Christ when I said take off your religion. I didn't say take off Jesus when I said take off your religion, but take off the fact that you got to show up with that big old cross on your chest when you do it and take off the fact you got to show up with your collar when you do it and take off the fact that you have to do religion in order to be spiritual. Because if the truth be told, some of the least spiritual people are the most religious. And that reason why they're so religious is they're trying to make us think that they're spiritual. Are you following what I'm saying? So today I want to talk about prophecy. Somebody shout prophecy. Because prophecy is at the height or the epitome of the ambassadorial position in the earth that when God speaks, <clears throat> excuse me, when God speaks, somebody has to hear and then speak what he's heard. Has to hear and speak what he's heard. Whenever <clears throat> a move of God is halted, it's not God's fault. It's because God has made, the, made up in his mind that I am not going to violate the order in which I have put in the earth. That I'll be in heaven and they must release me on earth. And if they don't release me on earth, then they won't get what I have in heaven. See, some, some of what you're looking for is just a matter of you releasing God to be God in your life. Some of it is just a matter of you having the courage to say, God, you can do this. God, if you want to use me, I'll go in my family and I'll tell them. This Thanksgiving, I will tell them we need to get ourselves together. If, if you really want to use me, God, God, I will find the courage to go into my job and to lay hands on every desk that I come across. If that, God, if that, God is just waiting on people to release him in the world. It's not that God doesn't want to do it. It's a, see, so Jesus walks into a, a room with a dead girl in it. 
and the, everybody's crying and saying, God, will you raise up this dead girl? And Jesus walks into the room where the dead girl is, and there are a ton of people in this room that are crying, and they're not believing that she can come back. And, they, and, they, and, they, and Jesus walks in the room, and he asks the guy, he asks the owner of the house if he'd come over and talk to him for a second. The owner comes and talks to Jesus, and what is it that you need? He said, what I need are the people in that room that won't release me to do what I need to do to get out the room. Y'all read your Bible? Do you read your Bible like that? He said, what you got to do is I need you to get all of the people that are not believing that I can pull this off. Everybody that's ready to go ahead and pronounce the funeral, everybody that's already seen the, seen the coffin and seen what the funeral's going to look like, they know what they're going to wear to the processional, everybody that's already down the line in this situation, I want you to ask them to leave the room because I cannot do miracles where I'm not released to do them. And remember, they exit everybody out. He brings in two men of faith with him. They rattle, they roll, and next thing you know, the Bible says that they heard, they, 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 it infers that they heard movement in the room, which meant that the girl was back to life because, she, because God was released. So God goes into, into uh, the outer part of Galilee, and the Bible says that he could not do any miracles because of their unbelief. It wasn't that God did, he could do miracles if he wanted to. He's He's God. He could do miracles if he wanted to. He could, he, could, he could make somebody take a miracle if that's what he wanted to do. But, the, but he'll never violate the law that he put in place. He said, y'all don't want these miracles? You won't have them. He stands over Israel and he cries. One of the few times that the Bible says Jesus cried. He cried over Israel because he knew that when he went down there, they were going to reject what he had to say about himself. It wasn't that he wasn't God. It wasn't that he wasn't powerful. He just knew that when I go down there, they're not going to release me to do what I need to do. All right? Are y'all following me now? Okay, so everybody feel better? Y'all feel better about me saying that, that Jesus can't do something? Okay, so this, is, so this is your power. This is our power. If we don't really understand how the scripture challenges us with that, if we never see it, then we'll just keep coming back to church, waiting on the, the dust to, to rise up in our singing and in our preaching and in our shouting and in our dancing, and we'll never see real victory when we leave this place because real victory doesn't take place just because we dance and shout. You have victory, but victory has to be released. I can give you the sword, but if you don't yield it, in the world are you hearing what I'm saying okay so so the prophetic is one of the ways that when people allow God to minister through them every blood-washed born-again believer can operate in a prophetic function in the body of Christ everyone somebody shout everyone the prophetic is not for a select few of us that have a prophetic anointing on our life. Some people do have an anointing, and we'll talk about that. But the prophetic is any time God gets ready to use a believer, he can, he can let you operate in any of the gifts that the Bible says. Any of them. Somebody shout, any of them. So if you're a believer, you should not think it's strange that God wants to do something supernatural through you. You shouldn't think it's strange that God wants to do something supernatural through you. If you open yourself up and say, God, use me, and you're insincere about it, God may use you in ways that you never dreamt or even imagined that he could use you. Are you hearing me? Which means that sometimes God, I, I, I know a guy, he was at a restaurant. He said the baby started to choke, and the baby uh, started to lose his or her breath down on the ground. Uh, oh, right across the board, he said the baby started uh, 
losing breath right on the ground. He said, the baby's turned blue, and everybody's just kind of looking, and they're trying to, you know, pat the baby or giving the baby CPR, but nothing is dislodging itself. And he was, he, you know, he didn't speak Spanish, so he didn't know what to do or how to operate in the moment. And he said, uh, he said the baby was just lifeless, and the baby was there. He said, you know, and the ambulance was taking forever to get there. He said, maybe about eight or nine minutes passed, and everybody in the room is crying because essentially we just watched the baby choke to death. He said, and the Spirit of the Lord told him, go lay hands on the baby and tell him to get up. He said he was in the restaurant in a place where he has no idea. He said, this is absolutely ludicrous that I'm about to. I'm nobody's pastor. I'm nobody's prophet. I'm nobody's. And he said the spirit of the Lord just came upon him, and he went over and kneeled down. He said it was almost like everybody knew him. They got out the way like, okay, here. you. He said he just laid hands on the baby. He didn't do CPR. He did no medical. He said uh, he, he raised his hands on the baby. He said, baby, raise up. He said the baby coughed up whatever it had in his mouth. And, and this, they, he was dumbfounded because he did not fit what he thought a miracle worker would look like in his own life. He thought people like me did miracles and people that had clergy collars did miracles and people that preached did miracles and people that have titles at church. He had no idea that I'm just blood washed. I walk with God and God said that these are the signs for them who believe. And the criteria is that you believe, not that you're a clergy. Uh, Y'all not hearing me. Uh, where are my believers in the house this morning? If you believe you are qualified to operate in the miraculous, miracle-working power of God in this earth, and he may choose you, and if you are chosen, you cannot shut yourself off. Because imagine if that man would have been in that room and been like, I, I'm feared. I have too much fear. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to operate in it. There, there may have actually been a funeral that day. Are y'all following me? Are you following me? All right. So I don't want you scared of being prophetic. I don't want you scared of saying, man, I feel like I know something that maybe I, I don't know how I know it, but God, told, God, I think I know it. Don't feel, don't feel crazy. All right, so let's talk about the prophetic real quick. Let's, uh, w- here's the scripture that we, we, we started with today. We started with uh, the Joel 2 and 28 scripture. Um, I'm, I'm having a little bit of issue with my, uh, with my, uh, my, t- my tag here. So uh, prophets, let's, let's pull up Joel 2 and 28 because this is the history of, and this is the prophecy of God trying to let people know about a future context, a future context. If you got, you guys got me in the back, let me know, let me know. All right, here we go. Now, this is what he tells them. He says, it will come to pass. This is, this is God talking to the prophet. He's trying to help the prophet understand that uh, the, the Old Testament prophecy worked like this is that God called a prophet and the prophet sat in the position of the only prophetic voice for a region or a people group or a, 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 a faith community and the prophets would train one another. You know, if you were part of a family line, you could come and get training to be a prophet. They called it the school of prophets in 1 Samuel. And you could be a part of, the, of a school of prophets and they would teach you how to operate in your prophetic gift and you could utter words from the Lord. Now, 
what God wanted is he, this was the day in an era, Old Testament, where the Spirit of God would come upon people and they would prophesy. So God, in his infinite wisdom, foresaw a day where he would not have to come upon people, but he was going to be in people. He said that I'm going to be inside of people. I'm going to reside in people. They're going to be the body. I'm going to be the spirit that's operating in their body. And he is trying to tell Joel, who doesn't understand what he's saying, because in Joel's day, all of the prophets were off from a school or line of prophets. If you prophesied, the spirit of God came on you. And God tells Joel this. He says, listen, it's going to come to pass that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh not just not just the Jewish community which is predominantly how how God spoke during that that day not just people that bought into uh into the religious decorum of that that season he says I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters now that's baffling to him because now he's starting to move into helping them understand that not just is it going to be you people of your order but I'm going to grab your children I'm going to grab your boys I'm going to get your daughters I'm going to get anybody that's got the nerve to receive me he says your sons and your daughters they are going to prophesy somebody shout prophesy say that loud shout prophesy then he said what's going to happen to your old men is they're going to start dreaming dreams and your young men are going to see visions and also and also on my maid servants and on my man my men servants and my maid servants now he's starting to now he's starting to move from uh, religious hierarchy into social degradation. He's saying, I don't care how rich they are or how broke they are. I don't care if they come in with the finest two, three-piece suit. I don't care if they're wearing Brionis, if they come in with red bottoms. I don't care how stylish they are. I can use them. But if they're sitting on the corner and had to fold up their house in order to come to church, he said, I'm going to use your men's servant and your maid service now this is important because while he's calling them his own he is talking about there and a maid servant to a person in that day was essentially their housekeeper so he said so God takes the title from them and says they ain't your housekeeper when I reside inside of them now they're going to be my housekeeper and I'm going to bless housekeepers and I'm going to bless janitors and I'm going to bless men that are not known in the society it's no longer going to be the 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 top echelon of religious uh, world that's going to operate in this gift. Everybody that can believe on me and say yes to me, I am going to pour out my spirit in those days. So now, that prophetic, you know, there are a lot of prophetic utterances that go forward that we say we never see, and there are a lot of prophetic utterances that we do see that we just don't see. You know how God moves and you just don't, you didn't like the way he moved. So you're just going to wait till he moves the way you want to move, even though you experienced the move. So there's some things that are prophetic that you see happen. You just don't want it to be like that. So, so it didn't happen yet, you know. So he says, he says that in my spirit, that's what's going to happen. And because we very rarely, we very rarely get opportunities in the Bible to show when prophetic utterances come to pass, God made sure that this one didn't escape us. He made sure that what happened next is that we got caught together. Are you guys still with me uh, in the back? He got caught 
in Acts chapter 2. So what happens now in Acts chapter 2 is PB close by. I need, I really do need his help. Um, what is happening now in Acts chapter 2 is Acts chapter 2 says this to us. Is that Paul or uh, uh, Peter who is, uh, as we talked about last week with um, with uh the speaking in tongues piece what happened with Peter is that Peter eventually there we go Peter eventually finds himself in a place where the spirit of God has fallen and the spirit of God in Acts chapter 2 has no longer fallen on people it is now inside of people and while the spirit is inside of them I said last week that we spend a lot of time in charismatic traditions speaking about the idea of speaking in other tongues as being as the sole and single symbol that you have been filled with the Spirit of God. And while it was a phenomena and a dynamic phenomena that took place in the Bible, it is not the only supernatural spiritual sign that showed up when the Spirit of God filled people. Prophecy was just as prevalent but for whatever reason, we've X that part of the journey out and told everybody, if you don't speak in other tongues, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible teaches us something very different than the church does. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible teaches us something very different. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord. They were all in one place. The Bible says, and suddenly there comes a sound of wind. As uh, There comes a sound from heaven as of a rushing and mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, watch what happens. Now, grab your Bibles. Y'all going to have to walk with me in your Bible. Go to Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2 in your Bible. Uh, <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, he says this. In Acts chapter 2, we can do it the old-fashioned way. It's, it ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen? Amen? All right. So in Acts chapter 2, watch what happens now. He says, he says, uh, uh, verse 2, he says, And there came from the sound of heaven as a mighty rushing wind. They were, then they appeared to them as divided tongues, as a fire. It set upon each one of them, and they were filled with this Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Now, stay with me now, because this is where this gets, this gets interesting, is that they started to hear their vo the voice of the Lord, with them and when they heard the voice of the Lord when they heard the when they heard the Lord speaking to them say with me speaking to them witnessing the goodness of God in their own tongues are you following me now so now the the children of Israel are speaking in other tongues but the people that are there are hearing them speak to them in tongues that they understand so what is happening now is they're no longer having church God is sending messages remember the prophet has to hear and the prophet has to so because they were not germane to how God sent messages God took the language and made them speak in the languages that people understood I want you to jump all the way down jump all the way down to verse uh, verse 12 the Bible says, so they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? Others started mocking them, saying that they are full of fresh and new wine. Verse 14 says this, but Peter, somebody shout, but Peter, standing up with the 11, he said, he raised his voice and said to them, men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. These people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. He goes on and says this, but this 
is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said that what is happening right now is what Joel talked about in the passage you just got done reading. What is that? He said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. On my men servant and on my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Watch this. And they shall do what? And they shall do what? Don't your neighbor say, don't be afraid of prophecy. Because this is that, that the prophet Joel spoke. It is not getting ready to come. We are not waiting for it to happen. It has already happened, and we are living in the last day that they spoke about in Acts chapter 2. This is that. And when you prophesy, and when God uses you to prophesy, you will have done that, that the prophet Joel spoke about. Are you following me? Are you following me? Are you following me? Somebody shout, this is that. Touch your neighbor, say, I can do this. Yes, you can. You can prophesy. And he said, now what? And this is even more, I could really spend some time on this. Because the people that were in the upper room were not super spiritual people. They were just a bunch of people that loved Jesus. The only ones that were positioned were the 12 disciples that were up there. And the 12 disciples were one, uh, were just 12 of 120 people that God used to prophesy. They spoke with other tongues and they prophesied. Now, what is prophecy? Let's jump into the word. Let's jump into, into our lesson real quick. What is prophecy? Let me give you the, the, the quick definition of prophecy. You can jot this down. Prophecy is a message communicated by God to a person for inspiration. Somebody shout inspiration. Somebody shout inspiration for interpretation or revelation of a divine will, of the divine will concerning social world and events to come the social world and the events to come this is so important that you write that down is that prophecy is a message communicated by God to a person and these are the only three reasons for inspiration somebody shout inspiration God means to encourage your life God means to push the, the envelope forward in your journey God means for your life to go from one level to another level, from glory to glory. That's when God, God will send a prophetic word in your life when you've gotten comfortable where you are. Or when you've quit. Or when you've given up. God will come and inspire you. In spirit. Inspire. In spirit. By God's spirit, he will put it in you and inspire or inspirit you to get up and do something with your journey for, inter for an, an inspiration watch this now because sometimes inspiration means that you have to be challenged and corrected yeah. inspiration is not always clap your hands and hey you're doing good come on now inspiration sometimes is come on now yeah. you missed that church don't like that sometimes it's come on now and sometimes it's come on now yeah. <laughs> amen Amen. Uh, interpretation. Somebody shout interpretation. 
Prophecy is to help you understand what's going on in the world around you and in your own life. Sometimes it's individual, sometimes it's greater than the individual. God sends the prophetic voices so that we can discern what is happening in the world that is around us. When we see it and say, this is crazy, this is messed up, God will try to bring some understanding to people that will hear his voice and he'll rise up prophetic voices to try to calm everybody down like Peter did. This is not what you think it is. I've been telling you this for the last eight months in our country. This is not what you think it is. This is not the tirade of some crazy person. That's just, this, is God, this is bigger than this. This is God having a conversation with a country that has made up their mind that they don't want to hear him. Revelation. Somebody shout revelation. Revelation is when God does something, now he tells you why. So sometimes things are happening in the world or things happen and we don't understand why in the world and God, and God will just send a word to your life or to the journey and he'll help you understand why it took place or why it's happening. And it usually is concerning your social world or things to come. Nobody should be prophesying to you about the stars and prophesying to you about the moon and they shouldn't be looking at the circumference of the universe and telling you, you see what I mean? Because God didn't use prophecy in that way according to scripture the thing with that now watch this because there 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 are there are three there are, there are three things that i want to give you i want you to write this definition down as well prophecy somebody shout prophecy it's a message that is communicated to a person for inspiration uh, interpretation or revelation uh, uh, but i also want you to see the prophet somebody shout prophet prophet is a spokesperson for god who delivers prophecy to men I don't want you to be confused with man's spokesman to God. A prophet is God's spokesman to man, not man's spokesman to God. The prophet hears from God and goes to the people. The priest hears from the people and goes to God. So the prophet is not to be confused. So Jesus was both priest and prophet. Did you hear me? So he's both priest and prophet. It's, it's, so, uh, so write that definition down. Is that if you are going to be used as uh, in a prophetic manner, if you are perhaps a person who has the seat or the position of a prophet in this world, you are God's spokesman. You are a spokesman that is used to God to deliver prophecy to men. You don't get to alter his message. You don't get to add emphasis to his message. You just have to trust that whatever God gave you is enough and the people will get it. Okay? Here's the third definition I want you to write down. The gift of prophecy. Now, the gift of prophecy, a prophet is a person who has a particular position in the earth, a spiritual gifting. The gift of prophecy is what is available to all men and all women. It is a unique endowment by the Holy Spirit to prophesy. This is when God just kind of moves on your life and you don't know why you tell somebody, I just really feel like it's going to be all right. And God told me to tell you that ta 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 You see do you see the difference between being a prophet by, by position and seat in the world and having the gift of prophecy overshadowed you in any moment in, in general terms of your life? Almost every one of us in this room, whether we believe it or not, has probably, been, has probably operated under the gift of prophecy at one point in time or another. All right? The purposes of prophecy. Jot this down. The purposes of prophecy uh, is to edify the church. Somebody shout, the purpose of prophecy is to edify the church. It is to edify the church. Look at what, what, Paul, uh, what 
Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He says that the purpose of prophecy is to edify the church and others. But he who speaks prophecies, this is Paul talking now. He said the one that speaks prophecies speaks edification and exhortation. Edify means to build up. Exhort means to push and promote. The one that speaks prophecy speaks edification and exhortation. And somebody shall comfort. Somebody shall comfort. Your prophetic utterance is supposed to make people feel like they can make it. Uh, supposed to make people feel like God's got their back. Supposed to make people feel, even if you got to tell them they're missing it, you can tell them, but you can make it by the grace of God because prophetic utterance is, a comfort, is, is comforting to men. And he who speaks in a tongue, this is still scripture, he who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Who? But he who prophesies edifies who? All right. So Paul says, I wish that all of us spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater. Somebody shout greater. I know you think you deep because you got you a little tongue now. Y'all sent me the emails last week. I got filled with I was speaking other tongues. Is that the way this normally feels when I do this? Like, yeah, dude, you got it. That's good. But you're not. Listen, he says that the one who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Okay? So you can't be so spiritual in this journey that, that, that you get what you need from God and everybody else is just kind of lost on the outside, turned off by God because those that are spiritual have to be spiritual but those that are not don't get it that's the this is the word of God but there are problems in the prophetic so this is the way God operates when he challenges the church now so so it is important that there is a prophetic now, now, now let me help you understand what I mean when I say prophecy when the Bible is talk, when Paul is talking about prophecy he is not talking about what is what happens when we are caught up in the Holy Ghost on Sundays he is not talking about what happens when we are all on this whole nother, you know, high in, in spiritual things. It is not the, you know, the eyes closed and elevate among the seats. Prophecy, prophecy can happen in the basic conversation of one another. It is simply having dialogue and sensing that God has something to say. We were sitting at a restaurant about a year ago and uh, 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 the waitress, she was just a, a great, really kind lady and we were having conversation. What do you do? Oh, I, I pass the church. And, and this is my, at the time she was my fiance. This is my fiance. Blah, blah, blah. And, and before we realized, the spirit of the Lord had came over my, my wife and she asked the lady, you know, and started to talk to the lady about her life. And she said, you know, this is what the, she's like, I just feel like, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is what God is going to do for you. And this is what, da, da, da. And the lady's like, how'd you know? And we didn't have church. We had a conversation. And we had church. Amen. 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 Do you know how hard it is to prophesy to a dude's dude? You know how hard it is? You know how I have to talk to a brother when he, I can't go over to him and just say, hey man, the Spirit of the Lord is telling me to tell you that, 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 that. Now I got to be like, hey dog. Bruh, I don't know, man. But I'm telling you, man, I think, and it feels like God is saying, but bruh, you got to cut that part because this is what's going to happen if you don't mark my words because God said it. <laughs> 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 
Way different than I can do here on Sundays. Lift your hands, lift your hands. Let me get that God said. And the, you know, I can do that on Sundays, but you don't get to do that at work. But God may call you to prophesy at work. God may call you to speak into somebody's life at work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Paul says, listen, man, it's just for the sake of what people can understand. It's not that tongues is a bad gift and this is a good gift. It's just that in the sake of helping us understand what is happening in the body of Christ, he says prophetic utterances is a greater gift to have because one edifies the person that's speaking. The other one, everybody gets to benefit from it, right? So I want us prophetic. This is God speaking. I want my body to be prophetic. But there are problems in the prophetic. The prophetic doesn't come without problems. There was a reason why Paul was teaching this to the church. It's because they were having prophetic problems. Go to my next slide, please. There, was, there were reasons why they were having pro, uh, prophetic issues. Here's the first one, is that prophecy has a very subjective nature. The subjective nature of prophecy is a problem. It is a problem for most people. Now, what does that mean when I say subjective? That is a word that we use all the time, and, and, and we oftentimes don't apply it. Subjective means that the interpretation of the definition is subject to the person that hears it or that's doing it. So there is a human element that God can tell. That's why the prophet has to say what God says and not add your commentary to it. Because it is subjective. If something is happening that you don't like or that you don't want to happen or, or somebody's doing something, you don't want to do something, you can go into your prophetic and tell them what the Lord said don't do. And it doesn't have to be the Lord. It could be your subjective understanding of what you're seeing. And that hurts the body of Christ. It doesn't edify the body of Christ. But also, it can be how we choose to hear. When somebody prophesies to us to speak to us, we know that it should be situation A, but we're going to apply it to situation B because we don't want to hear the voice of the Lord. Are you following me? So the prophetic nature, it is very subjective. Now watch what God says to us that have a prophetic gift. He says, thus saith the Lord, woe to the foolish prophet. Go back, go back. Woe to the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Are you following me? If you don't want them to get married, just say it. Just take, take them to lunch. Say, hey, you sure you want to marry this brother? I don't know. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Don't go into the holy that God said. And, you know, God said, I see divorce in your future. Are you following what I'm saying? We, if we hide behind God to do all of our dirty work so that no so that we don't have to be okay all right so the subjective nature of prophecy that's a problem we got to keep that in in, in curtail number two false prophets now false prophets coming two at a time now watch understand jeremiah 14 and 14 says this then the lord said to me the prophets prophesy lies in my name i sent them not and neither have i commanded them and neither spoke unto them they prophesy to you false visions and divination and the things of naught. Things, and that word is, means, that's an old word. That means things you shouldn't be doing, shouldn't be participating in. And the deceit that is lying in their own heart. There, and and that, is, that is prevalent in the body of Christ right now. It's just people are just saying what well, to keep their churches full. People are saying what well, to keep their offerings high. 
People are just saying it is, it, is, it is not by God. They haven't been commanded by God. And if God spoke to people as often as these people claim that God speaks to them, are you hearing what I'm saying? And God, and y'all just happen to be speaking stuff that's on somebody's Facebook. All you got to do is do a quick Google check and you can get all the prophetic utterances you want to get. Okay? So false prophet. Now there's another kind of false prophet that I didn't put on here that the Bible talks about. It's the amateur who was in who was just in error. The Bible still calls them a false prophet. The person who just kind of prophesies out of their emotions and their feelings that may have a gift, but they have not honed it. They have not disciplined themselves. They have not learned the scriptures and the word of God is that you can have a great heart toward what you're saying and just get caught up in the moment. Get caught up in the moment. I, I, my church experiences, I could, I could spend days talking about moments. I, we had a church experience here in San Diego about 20 years ago. But I'll never forget the, the woman of God was prophesying and the Lord was really on her. And she was blessing. The next thing you know, she just started marrying everybody in the church. And y'all supposed to be with this. And what are y'all doing? Are you supposed to be with that? And she's just prophesying and uttering the word of the Lord. I mean, she was giving out marriages like Oprah give out cars. I mean, she's like, you're about to get married and you're about to get married. And everybody that wanted to be married can get married and 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 I got a call and this lady was like the sister was like hey man I don't even like the guy I'm supposed to marry and I said because because you're not supposed like that's go to the next one I'm spending time on this the discipline this is the third problem is discipline and prophetic disorder discipline the prophet the prophets just don't have discipline we just get caught up in ourselves or we speak out of turn or we speak when we shouldn't be spoken to or we insert in moments where it's not wisdom to insert all right and the bible says and the spirits of the prophet are subject to who the prophets there is no such thing as god just made me say it god just made me do it that it doesn't work like that because when you don't want to say it you don't When it's too inconvenient, when it's going to embarrass you, when it's that you, you keep your mouth shut. But then when, you know, you, are you following what I'm saying? It's just the discipline of the prophetic order. There, you can be disciplined and be prophetic. You can do what God told you to do and do it in a manner in which everybody gets what God challenged them to get. But there has to be discipline in the prophetic order. Because if there is no discipline, watch this now, because, you know, we, we will oftentimes get this from time to time. If there is no discipline in celebration at a church, if there is no discipline in preaching etiquette at a church, if there is no discipline in prophetic order at a church, if there is no discipline in the way that we do altar calls, if there is no discipline, then it becomes a disarray and disorder. And where there is discipline, we sometimes discredit as non-spiritual. And that's, that's a faux pas as well. Because Paul spends the entire chapter, the entire book of 1 Corinthians, trying to put discipline in something that could easily get out of order. Because of the subjective nature of spiritual things. Okay? Alright? So, so these, are the, these are the three. And if you are prophetic... These are the warning signs that you have to look on your life because to prophesy can change somebody's destiny. To be prophetic, 
can shift somebody's life because I don't know about you but I come into this house waiting to receive inspiration through the song and through the worship the worship that goes before me I come into this house for worship so that I can show my intimacy to God and I can be intimate with God and I can clear my heart and my head so that I can receive the instruction from the word of God are you hearing what I'm saying and when I come into the house, I'm expecting God to speak to me as much as he's speaking to you. There are things that I say to you that make me say, man, God, because he teaches me on Sundays things he didn't teach me on Thursdays when I study. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is important for you to get this. Is that so we come into the house expecting intimacy with God and growing closer to God and expecting to hear a word from God. And we can't have novice, undisciplined, untrusted, prophetic voices because God said the prophetic is too important for the edifying of the entire body of Christ. More people are going to come to Christ because you spoke what the Lord said to you than you speaking in other tongues around them. I would say, well, tongues is but a sign to them that don't believe. You got to put that all in context. That's why Paul, Paul says, yeah, they will say something is supernatural, but they'll also say, this, yeah, but this is crazy. She won't stop. And now she's walking around me in circles. Like, what is going on? What are y'all doing there? Is this a church or a seance? I know you don't think that because you've been in church 30 years, so you get it. Everybody doesn't. Prophesy. Somebody shout prophesy. Write this scripture down and don't you forget this thought. And you can stand to your feet while you're writing. Don't forget this thought. 1 Corinthians 14 says this. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may. Y'all teach that. Come on, y'all teaching me. Especially that you may what? He says pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. Lift those hands all over this building. Lift those hands all over this building. Lift those hands all over this building. Father, I bless you, and I'm grateful for you. I thank you, God, for the gifts that you have given the house and you've given the body of Christ. Father, I bless you and I honor you that we do not let the prophetic be the forgotten gift of the Holy Spirit. For every person in this room, in any moment in time, if we are available, can be used to prophesy. So, Father, I bless you now, and I thank you now. And, God, the glory belongs to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I call out the gift that is present in every person in this room. I command you by the anointing of the Holy Ghost that you speak a word in season and out of season. That you speak a word that will encourage and will exhort and inspire. That you speak the words that God put in your spirit unashamed, very authentically. That you not view the way that God has chosen to use you as lesser than the way he has chosen to use any of the other brothers and sisters that you get to see on any given moment in time. Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, your desire is that we would be a house that could speak and declare your words. 
that we could speak and declare your utterances so that our homes can be changed and our children can be made whole and our communities can come together and our churches can hear your voice. So I speak it into your life. I speak into your life now. I speak into your life as a feature of the future. Father, I speak into their lives now that the prophetic words that you have spoken over their lives will start to come to pass in their lives. And God, even more so than the prophetic coming to life in their life, they would have eyes to see that you've been moving and that you never forgot them when you spoke to them, that you never gave up on your word that you spoke over their life. Sir, it's been working more than you've been giving God credit for. Woman of God, he's been moving more than you've been giving him credit for. So now, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy over your life blessing and wholeness and healing and an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and the courage to speak what God has told you to speak. For in this season, God is raising up the prophetic voices that will prophesy truth to power, that will speak encouragement to the downtrodden, that will inspire those that have gone lifeless in this earth. And God, in the name of Jesus, let it be us. Let it be us. Let it be us. And the world would know that you are ours and we are yours. Through this simple yet misunderstood gift called prophecy. Now, God, I bless you for every person in this room. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor Terrell, I'm not born again. Or maybe you're saying, Pastor T, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want you to wave your hand at me like you're in the second grade because we want to pray for you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to give them their privacy. I want to give my brothers and my sisters their privacy. Last week, we had almost 12 people give their life to Jesus. Now, what a powerful testimony. Powerful testimony of the teaching of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We watch God challenge us and move us. Don't leave this place and not be in right relationship with God. Amen? You don't have to leave this place in the wrong relationship with God. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we honor you for the service that we were able to provide yesterday by your grace by your supernatural power. We thank you for every kind word we were able to share prophetically. We thank you for every word of inspiration we were able to share prophetically. We thank you, God, for every person that moved when you spoke to them prophetically, God. And I give you the glory for it. I give you the honor for it. Father, in Jesus' name, we're going to leave this place, but don't let us leave your presence. And let us not forsake this powerful and unique gift called the prophetic. And God, however you choose to use us, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, however you choose to allow it to operate in our lives, greater uh, prophetic utterance, wherever you have us in this earth moving and operating in the prophetic, God, let us do so boldly. Let us be unashamed in our teaching and preaching and in our daily walk. And we give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did that bless anybody today? God bless you. Did that bless anybody today? Okay, let the peace of God be with you. We'll see. Have a safe and joy-filled turkey day. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.